are so many amazing perks of being sober. And one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level. And it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before. But let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about One Skin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. You guys know I'm all about making our lives as easy as possible in sobriety. Well, you can eat stress-free this spring with Factor Meals, and they're offering my listeners 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month with code HAPPIEST50. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted and dietitian approved You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options plus more than 60 different add-ons. What I love so much about Factor is that I've never been someone who makes time for cooking, but with Factor, I have delicious meals ready to go and on the table in just two minutes so I can get back to doing what I want with my time without the hassle of any prep, cooking, or cleanup, a total godsend. Factor is also celebrating Earth Day all month long, so look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash happiest50 and use code happiest50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code happiest50 at factormeals.com slash happiest50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hello and welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I'm Madeline and this is my favorite type of episode because I'm joined by my mom again this week. Hi mom. Hi Maddie. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Good, good. Good. Okay. So last week I did a full solo episode on sober dating, which was a long time coming. And we're doing a sort of continuation of that this week. And I I had said last week that we're going to do an episode on being single and sober, which is what we're going to do now. Mm -hmm. But basically, the reason why I wanted you to join Mm -hmm. me on this one is because I can only speak from my perspective. I got sober at 27. I'm 29 now. I'm dating. Well, you know, I'm not even dating right now, but like all of my experience of like dating and sobriety has been someone like in my late twenties. I don't have any kids. I don't even have a pet. <laughs> Mostly responsible for myself. Most fancy free. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Um, <laughs> but you, on the other hand, you separated from you know, my dad, your husband, when Mm -hmm. you had three kids Mm -hmm. and then you were a single mom for 10 years as a sober person. So I, I thought it would be really valuable to talk about this together because you can offer perspectives that I wouldn't be able to offer and like speak to experiences that I'm sure a lot of people listening Mm -hmm. are in that boat, Mm -hmm. um, that will find that really helpful. So I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was good to have both perspectives. Okay. Well, it's just always fun to sit and chit chat. It is. It is a great excuse to get on a call, <laughs> to get on a call with you. Um. So, okay. And the, the main topic will be about being single, but 
-hmm. I did just let you know too. Like I do want to hear about how dating went for you when you got sober because you were 21. So before we get into all the single stuff, let's start with what, um, what was dating like for you when you got sober at 21? Yeah. God, as always, as always, Maddie, making you think back. I know. I know. Um, what was it like? God, what a question. Um, I mean, it must've been somewhat uneventful because I can't really remember. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's nothing huge that sticks out. I know for sure the idea of sober dating was depressing, terrifying, right? In the Mm -hmm. beginning. But I, like, I I was literally trying to remember um, who did I date? What was I, you know, what was I doing? And I (laughs) had a few memories of um, some people who, uh, like one guy in particular, made me dinner come on over for dinner and he freaking made me duck (laughs) (laughs) okay we need to explain (laughs) to understand how funny this is my mom has the palate of like a five yeah (laughs) yes yeah I like to say a six-year-old but five-year-olds probably just as yeah (laughs) maybe my mom my mom sticks to her hamburgers and grilled cheese and bread yeah. and yeah. like and pasta. Yeah. You know, straight up, really easy peasy. Very, meat, very potatoes. beige. Yes. Very <laughs> beige. Very, very beige. So, um, oh, yeah, he no. made me duck to it and I, I couldn't. Oh, my. I didn't. I just, I didn't, but I think. <laughs> I love that that's the story. Sober dating in my 20s, a guy made me duck. <laughs> it's your horror story. <laughs> but I think like, so I remember he was drinking that night. Mm. I wasn't. I think it was. And I think that's probably the moment when I told him I don't drink as well. Did you right? used to tell people in advance or did you used to tell people? No, I didn't. Uh, God, I, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it was a different time though because now, yeah. oftentimes when you like for me going on dates, it's usually a guy from an app, so I'm having yeah. some sort of conversation and banter back and forth with him before we yeah. make the date. So it is a lot easier to, yeah. to, to kind of slip it in. Um, no, I, but I guess it would have been hard would for sort you. Sort of sweat it out, like oh my god, how do, like always awkward, mm. always you know, always uncomfortable, um, and. So I would just sort of like, oh, no, I can't even remember. I don't know how much of a deep dive I did, but just I don't drink. I think I started to get in the habit of saying, oh, you don't want me to drink. I could say, trust me, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that I'm not drinking. Yeah. Um, you know, alcohol and I don't get along. Yeah. I think I would just kind of, you know, do it at that point in that moment. But you go ahead and drink. I don't mind because um, I didn't. I was always more, and you, we've had this conversation. I'm the same way. I, I prefer for mm-hmm. them to drink. If they're, you know, if they're yeah. a drinker, which I haven't dated anyone sober, I will buy, every time I've dated a guy in my sobriety, yeah. I find out their favorite drink. I'm going to the liquor store and having it in my fridge for them when they come yeah. over. Yeah. That's and just I a think, me thing. I want them to drink if they're a drinker. Yeah. And I think too, that's, you know, the, the alcoholic in me is like, 
dreading the thought of somebody not being able to drink who that's wants me. to drink. Right? That's me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be the reason that you're not drinking. Yeah. You'll be drinking right now. Like, have fun. I don't care. Yeah. That's totally Because I me. really sympathize with that. Like, I remember yeah. <laughs> as a drinker being so bummed if someone wasn't a drinker. Like, oh, my God. They're not oh, Mom, drinking. Well, you you yeah. know the one guy, the one guy who I dated who wasn't a drinker. And we have, I will not say his name, but in our family, we have nicknamed him VW. Right. <laughs> I won't explain why. But, <laughs> um, right. V-Dubs was not a drinker and V-Dubs was very uh, judgmental, judgy about me being a drinker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was a real turning point for me because um, I was so committed to drinking mm-hmm. that I didn't care I would drink around him anyway. I mean, I did right. care. That's a lie. But like, I just meant like, I didn't care enough to not wasn't drink. wasn't going to stop you. wasn't going to stop right. me. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this. I actually haven't thought about this in a while, but you said to me one time I was getting, I was bringing wine downstairs and you're like, doesn't he not drink? And I was like, not really. And you said, you said to me like, that's rude, Maddie. Do you remember that? No, I don't. You told me I was being rude. Oh, because you were going ahead and Because I was, I was going to, I was bringing wine. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I want to drink. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you you sympathize <laughs> Which I was probably other. like alarm bells. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a fire burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. That that got off off track. Yeah. Um but yeah, so so same here, mom. Um oh, mm-hmm. I want people to drink when they're a drinker. Yeah, yeah. Like it's more uncomfortable for me. Yeah. As a sober person, if they're if they're a drinker, to sit there thinking they're going, oh crap, this sucks. Yeah, I have and a drink, and I'm with. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not that I want someone <clears throat> to sit there getting wasted when I'm not drinking because no. that would be a red flag. Yeah, Mm-mm, yeah, like it was for V Dubs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go traipsing downstairs with your bottle? With my bottle of wine. Oh my god. Um, but no, it would be a red flag if I wasn't drinking and he was getting wasted. But mm-hmm. I'm like, if it's like a Friday mm-hmm. or Saturday night or we're having dinner or whatever, enjoy a couple beers. Like yeah. I like I yeah. want them to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but I've ten I've just only dated guys who are very like take it or leave it about alcohol mm-hmm. ever since mm-hmm. I ever since I got sober and I find it so interesting because it was never the case before but I think that's probably just such a natural thing where like I they tend to gravitate toward like yeah. we probably gravitate towards each other for that reason yeah yeah, um, yeah I don't I, I don't think I drank or, or I don't think I dated anyone who was actually a, a big heavy drinker duty, yeah partier it's but funny, that's probably eh? why like, it's it probably because design. the heavy partiers mm-hmm. would have not been interested in me yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm curious. Did yeah. you, I feel, and I might be wrong, but I feel like from talking to you just like mm-hmm. always about, um, guys you dated, like before yeah. you got married, would you say that for the majority, how old were you when you met dad? 27, 26, I think. Okay. For the majority of your twenties up until then. So I guess mm-hmm. that like five, six years span, mm-hmm. would you say you were mostly in relationships and dating did you spend a lot of time single in your 20s yeah so um no like I lived with a guy from AA for a few years right, right? so sober of course because he's yeah. AA and um so then so I was with him for a couple of years 
okay. so sort of took care of a couple of years And then dad was like there. fresh out of rehab as well. I, that's right. So mm-hmm. I just had that little window, like maybe a year and a half or so, um, where I was just dating. And okay, yeah. And so <clears throat> what would you say overall about the experience of sober dating? Well, you know, it's interesting because again, Maddie, I'm old and I can't remember <laughs> back that far. Mm. So I don't, it's the sober dating that I don't have as clear of a memory about. But what I do have a memory about is being um, a sober single person. Okay. So that's perfect. Cause that's really what we're going to talk about today. And I'm so, okay. You know, what's so funny that I just want to say is that when like when, okay. So I've been on a few podcasts recently Mm -hmm. and I always find that whenever I go on a podcast, sometimes they'll ask me a question that I've never really thought about before and I'll answer it like to the best of my abilities in the moment. And then without fail, I'll think about it later with having time to reflect on it and be like, Oh, it actually like, I would have said this or, you know, whatever. Um, And one of the questions I got recently was um, when I was on the podcast over the influence um, podcast, and Mm -hmm. I had said in passing that, you know, my mom was really open with me about, about like being sober when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And Ben asked, Ben on the podcast asked me, well, like, how open was she with you? Because Mm -hmm. that's like, that's a a heavier topic. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't even remember what I said, but having thought about it later, what I find so interesting that if I could go back and answer it after thinking about it, I would have said is that what's so funny is that I grew up and I knew you were sober and Mm -hmm. that just was my reality. I didn't have that many questions about it because I hadn't been through it and I didn't have a proper understanding of it. And so when I was thinking about it, what I realized was you didn't have to be that open with me until I got sober because then when I went through it, I had a gajillion questions for you that I never would have thought to ask before I was going through it myself. Cause I was just like, yeah, you're sober. I didn't like didn't question it that much. So then when I went through it, I was like, I have so many questions for you. And Mm -hmm. this is one of those things that now where I'm very much like embracing being like a single sober person, Mm -hmm. I have never in my life thought to ask you, how was it to be a single sober mom? And like when I was thinking about this episode, I was like, wow, there's a lot to talk about that I've never thought to ask you about before. Right, right. This was a long way of getting Mm. around to it. But yeah, no, no, um, no, no, I know it's interesting. And I think, you know, one of the things kind of too about how open I was, I think the thing that I was really open about was alcoholism, not necessarily per se, all of my own shenanigans around that, but um, yeah. But anyways, so a sober single person, I would say, and I don't know which, which was the cause. Was it the fact that I was single? Was it the fact that I was sober or a deadly combination of both? Because like as a mom, as a mom, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I would say it's a very isolating experience. Yes. And I have said that Mm -hmm. to you. I said that to you last year, like being single and sober can feel really lonely and isolating. Yeah. But I imagine for you having your single mom of three daughters, like, you know, for anyone listening for reference, I was, I think we were like literally eight, nine and 10 when you and dad separated. And then you were single for a decade. You only dated like a couple of times briefly. So you were really 
mm-hmm. for 10 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. like a single mom who was sober. Yeah. Yeah. And by choice. By yeah. Choice oh, yeah. 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 The, the dating, the, the, um, the little interlude of dating was after I'd been on my own for two years Mm -hmm. and it was really about trying to move forward from my marriage. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh my God, I'm just stuck here waiting, hoping maybe things will change and we'll be able to work it out. And it was realizing like that being in that place was killing me. It wasn't a clean break of a separation. No, no, no. And so it was like, okay, if I date, that might help me move forward. And Mm -hmm. so what I found with dating, and I just dated two guys, was I felt so torn between my kids Mm -hmm. and the dating world. And that's when I decided, I just want to focus on my intention on raising my girls. And once that's done, then I'll, I'll think about dating. So, and because an important layer of that was that you were raising us on your own. We were with, Mm -hmm. with you all the time. Like, yeah, it wasn't shared custody or anything like that. So, so I think, um, the thing that's isolating is, I mean, I don't even know what they call it now. The, 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 what is it? Mums and their wine. Oh, mommy wine culture. Mommy wine. culture. Okay. So yeah. So is that God. something that you yeah, really experienced at that time? Yeah. Well, well, so this is the thing I found is that women, mm-hmm. so women in this mommy wine club, once they knew I didn't drink, I wasn't invited anymore. Really? So, yeah, that was a really, it was a really clear kind of line. I remember it was, there was one girl, she was fun. Like she was, she was, she was a fun, she was a character. Now I wasn't comfortable there either. Cause it was awkward, but I remember she had just sort of taken a shining to me. She's like, come, come over, come over after we dropped the kids off. Mm-hmm. I think maybe your two older sisters were in school or at least your oldest was. So, and she had kids the same age. So then we went to her place after we dropped one or two at school, wandered over there. Come on over for, well, she wanted to have wine. Right. After dropping us me. at school. Yeah. Which shocked me. So like, like you know, morning so time. Like, morning time like yeah. kind of around 11 o'clock hey you want a glass of wine right and so the first time I was like no 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 I can't the second time I went then I felt this pressure like oh my god I have to out myself and I was like well actually I don't drink and then I never got invited <laughs> again but um so and just even uh, so the mummy wine culture cut out of and then married people don't like single moms I found that so many married people did not include me so it was like a double whammy so I don't know which one so when I say it was isolating I don't know which, which was the culprit but they were both they were both sort of you know, things that weren't necessarily welcomed, mm-hmm. like sobriety and singleness. Yeah. Um, as a mom. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah. So I would say that was isolating. So I, uh, you know, I had, um, you know, there were neighbors on the street and that wasn't a big, it wasn't a big drinking culture at all, but it's because yeah. I kind of like, our place was the you were the, the hostess of a lot of the stuff yeah, so right? naturally so, yeah yeah so I would do of course um you know have coffee on all the time <clears throat> which was mm-hmm. all fine and good but even for instance in family stuff like you know your dad's um 
your dad's brothers and sister, brother and sister, mm-hmm. you know, we were excluded from a lot of those things that, that because they were drinking the two siblings did because they wanted to drink and people mm-hmm. who really want to drink don't want sober are, people around while they do it. Yeah. Right. So, so it is funny. It is, it is kind of, um, an isolating thing, I think, mm-hmm. when you are trying to maintain friendships with people who drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's what's so great about a sober community, right? Or in my yeah. case, AA, you have a place you go where you feel like people get you or they're on sort of the same page as you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely was my experience. But, you know, I had you girls and I had, we had great neighbors, you know, Mm. so maybe whatever went on, um, outside of the mom thing, you know, when it came to, to doing things as couples, like I was excluded from, from that part of the, you know, community, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think, yeah, I, and dancing, right. Because we were all in dance. We all danced. You danced competitively. And so when we would go away for competitions, again, all the parents would get together afterwards and party. And of course, I didn't participate in any of that. That became an isolating experience too. Mm. Because a whole sort of core group of parents who were drinkers, like to get drank, you know, it just, it just felt awkward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so equal parts fascinating and sad for me to listen to that because obviously I'm a kid. I have literally no sense of awareness that like you're having that experience. Yeah. Because like I never even hearing you talk about feeling uncomfortable with being sober Mm -hmm. is so funny for me because I've never perceived you as anything but so comfortable with it and it just like is your life which I think is the point you're at now but yeah um, well and I would say for the majority so so mm -hmm. think about it like you know so even the when I talk about the dance people you know from the parents from dance so yeah that's still sort of the double whammy I don't drink and I don't and I'm not like a couple and everybody was there the the both parents right most people both parents um were there uh, on mm. these you know weekend things that we went away and I was a single bum and I I, I didn't drink so mm-hmm. um but I would say though uh, Maddie that it was those exact experiences that really were the catalyst for me getting comfortable with my life choice Mm. and for finding a new way of being there for myself, uh, um, like, look, you know, I sure got lots and lots of clarity about who I wanted to be and how I'm going to show up in the world and how I'm going to show up as a mother and how I'm going to show up for myself. So I would say those, it's like everything, you know, when you do the firsts of anything. So, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, not a single sober person anymore. Now here I am a single sober mom, or even as a sober mom prior to being um, single, right? It's like figuring that out, working through the discomfort of that. And then I now become a single sober mom and sort of finding my way through that. And, and once I got in my, you know, my 
my groove of that. And that is just the journey of sobriety anyways, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like every step along the way, you're figuring yourself out. You're getting yeah. more comfortable with who you want to be and claiming space in that environment or that circumstance for yourself. Like, right. right? Like I'm allowed to be here and I'm allowed to be where I am in my life and the person that I am. And, um, you know, if, if other people aren't okay with it, then I guess they'll make choices about what they want to do. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, it is a, uh, you know, it's always an ongoing journey now, of course, and for quite some time, quite a you know long, long time. I don't think about it. I love my love my sober life I Mm -hmm. wouldn't trade it for anything and there isn't ever a point that feels awkward for me ever about my drinking no like never yeah so how did you in those days how did you navigate feeling so isolated how like how did you deal with it yeah ah good question look like um, I had certainly like, I feel like I've spent the majority, most of my life in some kind of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, and therapy really like to do my own work, to be mm-hmm. working through my shit, to be looking honestly at myself, to be, um, working on the things that I could change the things that I wanted to change, trying to understand why I felt the way I felt, trying to understand how I processed things that happened to me in my life, um, how to let go of, move past. So, you know, I look, we're just always a work in progress, right? Yeah. And so to try to sort of think, oh, how did I cope? Like I actually, I stopped going to AA. So I, I was in AA. Yeah. yeah. So I was there you know, for the first five years of my sobriety, I would say I was a fairly regular uh, member, attendee, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. (laughs) And then um, when I had you guys, I just didn't really, it wasn't easy for me to get to a meeting. I, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't something I could do. It wasn't something that was going to fly well in my marriage. Did you miss it when you stopped going? That's a good question. Um, I don't, I, I actually, I can't honestly say, I can't remember. So, you know, if I did, it wasn't a big enough ache that I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, Um, but it was a, you know, it was a change. So I think really without having AA, uh, I, I found other ways that sort of to support myself and keep evolving, Mm -hmm. uh, which was through therapy. Right. Yeah. I did a lot of that. And I was really like, I loved, I loved being a mom. Mm -hmm. And that That was all you ever wanted. Like since you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, like that filled me up. That felt a lot of my, you know, gave me like purpose, gave me other things that like, you know, other avenues of joy. It kept, it kept expanding joy in my life instead of it being you know when you're a drinker that's that is your source of joy right that's the main that's the main activity that's the thing and so um you know certainly motherhood gave me lots of other uh lots of other things that filled me up but Mm -hmm. it uh, yeah I think it was 
doing my work. And I went to, you know, like I dipped my toe into a meeting here and there every so often. And I did, you know, I went to um, adult children of alcoholics. I went to, um, uh, I don't know if I ever knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I did that at the, yeah. At a, a rehab place here. Um, they ran uh, uh, like groups for, uh, yeah, adult children of alcoholics. So I was, oh, I've always been kind of working on my, on my stuff. Yeah. So do you think that like having those 10 years being like a single sober mom was like, gave you more of an opportunity to work on yourself than you otherwise would have? 100%. 100%. I've always, well, I mean, you know, I've been a big self-help devourer. Yeah. You passed that on to me. (laughs) Yeah. And certainly um, even just spiritually always fascinated by and seeking and after spiritual growth right so Mm. yeah I think I think those things just really were helpful yeah I feel like that's like the place that I'm in right now for sure because Mm. I was feeling like you said how being like single and sober, obviously the, the being a mom part would have added an extra layer Mm -hmm. for you that I don't have to deal with. But like Mm -hmm. definitely last year I was like in that place of feeling that like loneliness and isolation of being Mm -hmm. single and sober. And I remember Mm -hmm. talking to you one time last year on the phone when I was having like a really bad day. Mm -hmm. And I think I was just feeling really just like lonely and sad. Like I live on my own. So I spend a lot of time on my own and I like that. But then sometimes if I was like having a hard day, then I would get like hit with a lot of loneliness. And Mm -hmm. I remember saying that to you. I remember being like, I just, just like having a moment of, I miss the easy connection that drinking that it felt like drinking used to give me I miss how easy it was to go out and meet guys when I was out partying yeah like I was really feeling that last year like it was like when I was partying in my Mm. earlier 20s I would meet guys at the bar all the time and I'm like I'm not doing that now and like realistically like looking looking at it now those are like those aren't the guys I would want to meet now at this point in my life anyways but yeah I it's really was easy, feeling the loneliness of that. I was, it was, I was like, it was so fucking easy. It's an easy common denominator. That's yes. the thing. Yes. Alcohol is a common denominator. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a, a, a beginning place in any environment, in any circumstance with almost anybody that you're talking about, right? Oh, you yeah. don't drink? What are you drinking? What? You, right? Yeah. And of course it takes away inhibitions it's yeah it's a great equalizer initially it makes everybody feel comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so then I think also so I, I think I was just missing the easiness of like of yeah just ha- being able to go out and drink and meet guys that way and then yeah. and then feeling just more like oh I'm just like not a part of that anymore. Like I'm not a part of all of that. I'm Mm -hmm. like on the outside of it. And like that adding maybe an extra level of the loneliness as well. Like I think for sure last year, you know, like early, Mm -hmm. early in last year, I had like reconnected with my ex and that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And then 
got went on a string of bad app dates and yeah. I was just like fuck this <laughs> like yes. I just had had it like these and and the other thing was that I went on lots of first dates and I you know with the exception of a guy who I dated for a bit at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year um not not my ex the other guy um mm-hmm. I I didn't go out with any guys again but that was like my choice because I could tell on the first date that it wasn't it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I almost missed the easiness of like, like, I mean, it's like I was saying in my episode la- uh, last week that I can't kid myself when I'm mm-hmm. sober. Like I'm not mm-hmm. like, if I can tell right off the bat that like a guy's not like, not really for me, yeah. I can't kid myself and keep seeing him. Yeah. And I think I missed the easiness of being able to do that when I was drinking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I can hang out with him a few times, like whatever. Right. Do you know what's so funny though, Maddie, is that, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and everything comes back to how we kind of frame it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So first of all, it's like, oh, it's the easiness of being able to just kid myself. It's actually really not easy. <laughs> to right? kid it's yourself. All, no, yeah. it's only easy in the moment. But then what happens is, because you can just do it. You can just pretend, ah, oh, whatever. It's someone to see. It's you end up in something longer than you want to be. And then it's Which actually harder to get out of. what has happened to me in the past. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's hard to get out of. And the other thing is thinking like, this is why, you know, we talked about before how important it is to pay attention to what, what the hell we're saying to ourselves. Because yeah. the other thing is that, oh my God, this feeling of I'm not a part of it anymore. And yeah. this being a part of something. And it's like, look, <clears throat> understanding you're not a part of that but you are actually well, I'm a part, part of something of this. yeah I'm part of um, something so cool so yeah. true but a part of something Maddie that actually feels better that it has yeah. you moving in a direction that you feel really 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 proud of yeah like it comes down to what the hell am I focusing on I'm focusing on what's missing, what I think is missing, which is like, oh, I'm not a part of this or focusing on everything that I'm actually gaining, everything that Mm -hmm. I actually have, Mm -hmm. right? Because even though, you know, in the beginning, it is hard. It's it's because it's change, right? Mm -hmm. Change is always hard in the beginning. And so you're, you're sort of forging a new path forward being sober. And it is different and, and it can be really isolating, but I love the thing that you've talked about that I think is such a beautiful way to reframe um, this is that however it is in the beginning, isn't yeah. the truth about what sobriety actually is like. It's not yeah. the truth about what it's like, yeah. right? It's just this awkward, messy, kind of difficult, hard, sometimes lonely mm-hmm. change. Yeah. But, oh my God, like stay on the path because 100%. what's coming, right? And so it's just realizing in those moments because they're going to come where it's going to feel, you know, you're going to feel left out. You're not going to feel a part of, but it's reminding yourself, but what am I actually a part of? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a part of something that I... I really want to be like, I think the drinking thing, it's almost you're part of it by default, right? True. Right? Oh my God. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And this, this is by choice, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's harder in the beginning and harder um, at times, 
right? It's something that you're choosing for a reason because yeah. you were drowning over on the <laughs> yeah. other side. The thing yeah, is so when sad I was here. a part of it, <laughs> right? Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just paying attention to, okay, wait a minute. Let me just anchor myself here again. What am I telling myself? Mm-hmm. actually right yeah. if I'm gonna believe oh I'm not a part of it. I can't I'm missing it so much wow right <laughs> you know what that leads to versus yeah. coming back to the truth like look what you're choosing to be a part of the community like people I just mean in general in your mm-hmm. life yeah right like yeah it's so true and like mm-hmm. that's what that's like the the space that I got into last year and like yeah. I left. I I went on um a podcast yesterday, yeah. addictive podcast, um which I went on here a couple of years ago and came back on. It was really fun getting to chat with him again, and it was yeah. funny because yesterday yesterday was the day that um my dating episode came out, and he listened to it right before we got on. So mm-hmm. he was like, "Let's talk about dating." <laughs> and he laughed because I said I said this in my dating episode and I said this to him I said I'm more single than I've ever been in my life and he was like what does that mean though like single is single how can you be how can you be more single and I was like no there are different yeah. levels of single I have been single and had a guy that I'm talking to all the time I've been yeah. single and been going out and hooking up with guys I've been right. single and like and like on the apps going on dates like yeah I'm single right yeah, like nobody I nothing have, I, li- yeah. I was like if I wanted to hang out with a guy tomorrow who am I texting nobody <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's my level of single right now and but like it's by choice and I'm feeling very yeah. very good and empowered in that because I hit a point like I went on like the last date I went on last year was just like I don't want, I actually don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be on apps anymore. And I think yeah. that I'm a lot more excited about my life than I've been in a long time. And oh, I'm yeah. just like, I want to, I want to just focus completely on myself in a way that I never have before. Cause anytime mm-hmm. I've been single in my twenties, I've been air quote single, <laughs> <laughs> but not like one of those other levels of single, yeah. not this level of single. Yeah. And I've never been this single and like, fully just embrace it and not been looking for anything really yeah. before. And I'm doing it now. And like, it's a really good feeling. And sorry, you were trying to say something. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just, uh, what I wanted to interject was, you know, those 10 years I had on my mm-hmm. own. Were this single? <laughs> what they were. Oh yeah. yeah. They were probably even more <laughs> single than you're single. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, that was the happiest freaking time of my life. I feel like I'm I telling Jack, you said that found well, happiest time up until that point. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, teasing. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are, but I'm like happiest time in that. I feel like I really, uh, discovered myself. Like yeah. I really came yeah. to know myself. Right. And so, um, in a way that I don't think I would have, I know I wouldn't have if mm-hmm. I was in a relationship and had somebody yeah. thinking about, and I just, I wouldn't have. And so it was a beautiful unfolding of, of myself, of all, 100%. Yeah, all that I am. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to share 
that headspace I was in last year when I was getting discouraged with dating just so that if anyone's feeling that way right now, Mm -hmm. like they know that like they're Mm -hmm. not alone in that. But Mm -hmm. then I also want to and like totally valid to be feeling however you're feeling. But then I also want to say like pretty much what you just said, which is like the realization that I've come to that I'm so excited about is that I can't think if you want to get to know yourself, if you want to connect with yourself, if you want to focus on your own growth, your own life, like Mm -hmm. working on yourself, growing into the best version of yourself. I can't think of anything more valuable than being sober and single. Mm -hmm. Like I know people talk a lot about like, oh, be single for a while, get to know yourself. Yeah. When I was single as a drinker, I was going out uh, drinking and then being on the prowl for guys. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what that was. And I'm like, there's nothing like being single and then also being sober and just like fully being with yourself all the time. And like, it Mm -hmm. really is like a whole other level of being able Mm -hmm. to be with yourself and like, oh my God, there's so much value in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well said so much value. And like, it doesn't mean that like, it's okay. Two things can be true at once. Like it's Mm -hmm. okay to love being single and be like open to meeting somebody. Yeah. Like I'm loving being single. If I meet Prince Charming tomorrow organically. Okay. Yeah. Done. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not looking either. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. So it's okay for, to like, you can, both of those things can be true. You can like really love being single and be like, but like something's coming something's on the way uh, yes. and I can't wait for it to get here. But until yeah. then I'm so loving where I am now. Do you know, I know I've said this to you a bajillion times, but I love this so much. And this was something I heard um, Kirstie Alley say one mm-hmm. time she was on Oprah. <laughs> and I remember she said she was talking about dating and mm-hmm. she was um, also, you know, single or maybe done with dating. I I can't remember what it was, but the final conclusion that she came to was she decided that she was just going to create this big, beautiful, full life. Yes. So that if, and when somebody came along, they could add to her life. Yes. They were not the cause or the reason for her big, beautiful life. Oh, and I I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. I'm going to set out and create a big, beautiful, full, happy life for myself so that it's mine. Nobody can ever, you know, if a guy comes in, if he comes in riding in and he's the, the knight in shining armor, he's the hero that's going to make your world. Okay. Guess what? If he leaves, then if he leaves then your world crumbles, he takes takes that okay world with him. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I am going to do this. I'm going to create an amazing life for myself so that whether or not I ever meet somebody, I have a big, beautiful, full life. And if I do find someone, then they get to just come and be part of it and add whatever they want to it. But they yes. will never be able to take away this big, beautiful life I've created. Oh, so yeah. good, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So freaking good. Yeah. I love, love, love that. Yeah. It was. It was a framework for me. Yeah. In those 10 years, it was like, I'm finding my joy. I'm finding myself. I'm finding things that will light me up, things that that will fill me up. You know, what do I want to do? What do I want my life to look like? And I'm really focused on, on creating that, on giving that to myself. 
Yeah. That's what I think you should do sober and single. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect segue into like little advice because it's so true that like when like something I've honestly even been thinking about lately living on my own is like, I can watch whatever I want on TV. I never have to decide right now with somebody else what I want to watch. I have been binge watching the fuck out of reality television lately. I don't have a guy to complain about it or have to be like, okay, what do you want to watch? <laughs> like, it's so silly and small, but it's just something and a way to find joy in like being on my own. Like, it's yes. fun. It's like I dictate how You're I spend my time right ship. now. Yes. I'm not yeah. like my schedule's not revolving around anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. Like you just said, I feel like the biggest joy and gift and being single, especially when you're sober, is being so deliberate with your time and how you spend mm-hmm. it. And like you said, like really finding what brings what me joy for yourself. Yeah, yes. it's yeah. like the conversation you and I had like a month or two ago about like me realizing like I'm I'm not deliberate enough about fun. I'm not like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm working a lot and then like chilling out after work. And I'm not just like doing things mm-hmm. in my day. Cause they're fun. And like, I hadn't been playing guitar a lot anymore. I lost mm-hmm. my calluses and I was like, I need to do that again. Yeah. Cause it's something that makes me happy. And I feel yes. like that's a real gift in, and, and being single is like, your time is all yours yeah and you can be so selfish yeah. and just like, spend your time however you want to spend it and even find new hobbies like I was just rambling yesterday on Instagram about how I'm going to start cooking for fun for myself because I decided a million years ago that I hate cooking and I've never tried it yeah yeah, properly and I was like this is going to be my own little solo fun experiment for myself yeah yeah not because I'm cooking for a guy I'm dating it's because I'm just like let me do something fun let me maybe I can learn to love this yes yeah yeah maybe you'll find out you're a phenomenal chef you can come hey, cook and then me. I was gonna say, and then everybody benefits, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, yeah. that is it, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Make a big, beautiful, full life for yourself. Yeah, find things that really give you joy. Right? Yeah, and then yeah. if you meet somebody who just adds to it, great. But right. the, it's never dependent on them. A hundred percent. Yeah, so good. Yeah, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Well. What a good combo. And yeah, yeah, I I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we had this, this chat because I know, I feel like we could do so many more episodes on dating and I'm going to do, I'm going to do a breakup, a sober breakup episode. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe next week. Maybe Mm -hmm. we'll see. It's that one's coming too. Um, because yeah, that is, I think one of the big, one of the big Mm -hmm. hurdles when you quit drinking for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, for single people, like that's a valuable hard. time. Yeah. But it's val- right? it's it's hard, but it's also valuable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doing the breakup sober, getting through yeah. It sober. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. Well, you're a pro at that one. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about being a pro at breakups. Sober breakups. <laughs> doing it sober. <gasps> Yeah. I'm, you know what, I, you know what I'm a pro at is piecing out when, when the second I realize it's time to piece out, which has come with, with sobriety. Cause I was not, I wasn't that so much that way before. Yeah. Yeah. But we going on. (laughs) Bravo.
Thank you. We'll chat. I think we'll chat about that next week or the week after. We'll see. We'll see where, where the week takes us. But thanks for coming on to chat, Mom. For sure, honey. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you enjoyed this episode, then please feel free to share it with a friend, share it on social media. And as always, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. That would be amazing. Um, just a little reminder that I've started a weekly newsletter. Um, so be sure to head to happiestsober.com to subscribe for weekly sober inspo right to your inbox. And follow me on Instagram at happiestsober and at happiestsoberpodcast. I'll chat with you next week. Remember that life is happiest when you're sober. Bye. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.